a Shishkin Productions podcast. What's up, Chris? No cold open because of the writer's strike, right? Right. What? Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome Yo. to another episode of the Sizzle Real Podcast. We are. We're still here. We're still just doing one half, though. Yeah, we're not. We're not taking breaks because uh, of the writer strike. Yeah, you guys so, know. You heard solidarity. it in the cold open. You heard it in the cold open. This shit's gonna keep on keeping on, and so are we. Um, we're here at the Matt H. King Memorial Podcast Arena today. Yeah, not a lounge today. No, no We've lounge. got all the lights on. All the lights are on. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon, spring afternoon in spring New York. Spring afternoon. And we're, look, we're trying to get the fuck out of here and go play some indoor golf. Woo! <laughs> um, Chris, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and break the news right here on the pod. Oh, Congratulations. Okay. Oh, Your thank team you. made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's true. You just shelled out a hell of money for tickets. I did. I I'm a little bit sick to my stomach. It's either going to be the best purchase of my life or the worst. But uh, thank God for credit card points. That's, That's right. Man. America is built on credit. It's true. That's how it works. Since, since the late 80s. Um, all right. Well, should you, you know, why don't you give the people the social plugs and then we can get into the real oh, the real course. damn thing. Of course. We are at Sizzlereal Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, you gotta send them. We're Sizzlereal Gang, the website.com. <laughs> yes. That it's new and improved. It is all new. It's brand new and very improved. Yes. Um, I've never seen a the more boy who blocked his own shot. Um, What's that supposed to mean? You said it's brand new. Oh, is that a brand new thing? Yeah, it's a brand new song. Uh, uh, I'm not into that kind of kind of stuff. You yeah, know? I never really fucked with them like that. Uh, but most importantly, most importantly, yes. we have the Sizzle Real, Real Cold, Cold Line. Line. Brr, ooh, chili. Three, three, two, three, 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 four, three, sixty-one. Call in, text in, do what you got to do. We did get a text this week. Oh, let me pull it up. Yeah, we got a fucking text, bro. This is so exciting because so I don't have access to it. it, So I'm learning. I'm not going to say the number, but to use blah 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 that number as Microsoft account security code. Oh. Go passwordless with Microsoft Authenticator. Oh, Microsoft Authenticator. Yeah. So Microsoft is texting the line. So maybe that's awesome. Maybe you should too. I love spam. Shout out, Mr. Gates. Not really. I don't know. Is Bill Gates canceled? I probably. Wasn't he all billionaires are canceled? Wasn't he on the uh, Lolita? (laughs) Oh, was it the Lolita Express? I think he was in the flight logs. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Um, Chris, what have you been up to this week? Uh, This week, it's been some. It's been. (laughs) It's been some more, more MLS stuff. Uh, some more. country music stuff oh yeah yeah, Uh, we're still yeah that it's kind of been pushed we today it was supposed to go to color and now it's going to color in a week so it's an interesting project because it involves like not only us editing it but throughout the project there's a lot of animation overlays that are like a la carte designed to fit what's happening on the screen yeah so like instead of being able to do all of these elements alongside each other you kind of have to like really lock one in before you do the other one because the animation is dependent on the movement and the pacing of the cuts and stuff you know exactly so um yeah and i i got a a frantic phone call with the The director with the director the big boss yeah he was he was in a panic his name but it's he was in a panic i'll give you a hint it's uh, it starts with uh, Martin and ends with Scorsese, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know it was about the the animator was like, 
so he instead of waiting for the clean he just went ahead with a, like an mp4 export that we had sent off for review mm-hmm. uh even though he said we could send the clean on monday mm-hmm. and i sent the clean early on monday and then he was like what what the clean is one frame longer <laughs> than the mp4 which one do i use <laughs> And I said, so I pulled them both into my timeline and they were the exact same length. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. And it's like, the other part is it's one frame, you know, like yeah. if I yeah, lose yeah, that yeah. one frame at the very end, it's, it's fine. Yeah. One frame is uh not really a big deal. Maybe that's like blasphemous to say, I think maybe as an ed- editor, I should be like, I said that in quotes editor, I should be like, Oh my God, like everything has to match. But I really, here's, here's a little secret. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. As long as the end product looks correct and sounds correct, you're good. Like it, it, it might be a tiny, tiny, minuscule amount of more work on our end yeah. to get that to work, but it's it's not difficult. It's not difficult, dude. So that was you. You were solving problems. You were putting out fires. Yeah, yeah. I it, it put me into a cold sweat though. I was oh, like, geez. oh no, what's going on? I saw you. You, you were shaking. Yeah, you're visibly shaking. It was it was, it was scary. You were and, like uh, a, you were like a mar- a martini that James Bond would order. <laughs> you're shaking, full of not, olives, not stirred, oh. full of olives. <laughs> you're, um, yeah, you eat olives as your like edit snack, right? You just kind of pop those things. Oh yeah, absolutely. You do the little pit spit. I've seen you spit uh, in the pits. Oh, no, no, them. I swallowed the pits, bro. Oh really? I thought you spit them into like old Western style spittoon. <laughs> yeah, spittoon, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, then yesterday and today I was working on some, uh, uh, some reframes for, for a project we did like three months ago. That was, that was cool. Yeah. Um, it was perfect. That was a great little thing to just come in randomly. Those, those reframes, you know, they're a whole, they're a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it, it takes time. It's not difficult work, but it is work. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was nice. This isn't in the rundown. This isn't planned, but I'll tell you something. Speaking of reframes. It's kind of about content automation. Uh, this I discovered this thing called Leechy. Oh yeah, now it's called Leechy. It used to be called AudioLabs.io. Audio, yeah. I think the website is still AudioLabs.io. Um, it was really weird. It's like you can feed it. Um, I guess you upload a clip that, like, say you recorded a podcast and you have an audio clip. You can upload this clip to Leechy or Audio Labs. Sure. I don't know what they do on their back end. I don't know how they do it, but Apparently, for like 150 bucks, you get three clips where they'll send it back to you with all like the subtitles and it'll be edited with like footage that matches what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And like the captions like pop up like dynamically as the piece is said, like to match the timing of the words and everything. It basically makes like a little piece of, of like TikTok content or social media content coming for our jobs. It was very very weird to see that because I was like, what the hell? And it was almost uh, what did it say? I think the deal was like thirteen hundred dollars gets you 30, 30 videos or something like With that. Unlimited revisions. Yeah. So I was like, um, I don't I mean, obviously the quality is not great. The yeah. Quality you can is kind very of tell that like, it's AI generated. Right. But, but in five years, I, I was thinking I want to try this thing out. Yeah. Not, not for sizzle reel, maybe because I don't know if it's going to be able to pick up on our nuanced discussions, <laughs> but <laughs> Chris spitting olives into a spittoon while editing. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to maybe give it a, give it a go, kind of see what it, what it can do. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, as an experiment, I, I want to understand what technology is out there. What I might, it's capable I might try it for the calling all casuals podcast. Mm. We did promise the listeners once we get to 4,000 
TikTok followers, we're going to start posting content. Oh, shit. What are you at? We're at 3,800. Oh, so, so close. 200 more. So. One or five followed. Hey, check it out. Calling all casuals. It's a soccer podcast. You might you might just love it. Um, documentary screening is what I have written on the. Oh, yeah. Thing. So I don't know if we talked about this at all. We did a. We might have previewed it, but we, we did it. We did the cast and crew documentary private screening. Yes. Um, you were there. I you was. made it. You rolled out of bed at four and you made it by five. Yeah. Um, what were your takeaways? Um, well, the, the film seemed to be the same as the, the last dozen times I watched it. It didn't um, change. No, it didn't change. Uh, it was it was really cool to to see like all our friends there. And, and yeah. like I thought we had a pretty solid uh, turnout, a it's lot like of support Kink song. All of my friends were there. Oh yeah, you know that song. It's a deep totally. cut. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. It was the sound was really bad. The sound was awful, you know. And so we've we've seen this now at like two or three different places for for private screenings, mm-hmm. and th- the sound's been an issue at one or two of them. Uh, but this was the worst. It, yeah, like, normally what happens with the sound is it's just like because the because I was mixing it in headphones. Yeah. I didn't have enough low end response. So really all of that, most of the problem could be solved if I just put like a filter on it and cut out all those low frequencies. Yeah. Suddenly like that would fix 90% of the problems. Um, I just haven't done it because I just don't care. But um, this particular screening, it wasn't just the low frequencies. There was no. like weird, the high, even the highs were fucked up. The speakers sounded like they were blown out. They absolutely like, sounded uh, blown out. This is like not, not great, especially for a movie about music. But whatever. I mean, live and learn. Next time I got to go there and QC it myself. Yeah. But. Yeah. Because those those speakers were not it. The actual theater was really cool. And, you know, it, you, you yeah. could go to the go to your seat with the drink. You could order some food and they'd bring it to you during the film. You just tell them where you're sitting. That was awesome. Yeah. Had an eight dollar chicken sandwich. That was. Was it good? It was good. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it wasn't anything special, but it was for eight dollars. It's more than I expected. Yeah. I'll shout the place out. Stuart Stewart Cinema in Greenpoint. Yeah. It was, it's actually an incredible theater. Yeah. And I think that maybe, you know, the sound is mostly on us. Like I just, I'm not a fucking mixer. I didn't mix this thing. I mixed it in headphones, you know? Yeah. So, and, and maybe it was turned up a little bit too loud. There's it's a combination of things. But yeah. Like, but I mean, we've, we've seen it other places where yeah. it didn't sound bad like that. Like the first time when we did it for the, uh, for like the crew in Boise, that it was, those boomy. Spe- it, it was, it was boomy and echoey, but that was just because of the, we weren't showing it in a movie theater. We were showing it in like a proper theater, like a, like like a, a yeah, like a live theater. Yeah. Um, and they just had a couple of, of massive speakers and on stage that were just like projecting it into a pretty empty room. Cause it's like a, I mean, that theater can probably see like a thousand yeah, people a thousand or, or two. Yeah. So like, and we had like, like maybe 80 people in there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, of course it's going to be roomy. Yeah. But this, so that's why I don't think it's, entirely on the mix because it's it it was echoey because of the you know where we were but yeah. otherwise it sounded fine right um also another thing that we did with this uh documentary is we're working with a a member or the i guess the i don't know if he's the founder or he's i don't know what his position is but he works with the music policy forum yeah which is kind of like an organization that uh furthers you know the it kind of aligns very well with the movie because the movie is about like the value of music, right? And sure. like, what is the real value of music now? And the fact that it's pretty much free to listen to any song ever is kind of weird. And then like 
on top of that, you got things like Ticketmaster and Live Nation, like artificially jacking up prices. You yeah. got places like South by Southwest charging artists like two hundred dollars to like attend base or what are they like? What is it? It's that it's they, a fifty five dollar application fee. Yeah. Right? And and if you're a, an, a band, you get like two hundred bucks. You get to choose if you get two hundred bucks to like as payment, payment or you can get wristbands to attend the the festival. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they've changed that over time. But I, that's the latest. The latest I heard was that's what it was. Well, and yeah. And like in comparison, Tree Fort pays their artists and everyone gets a, a yeah. wristband. Yeah. And I don't want to turn it into like a Tree Fort verse whatever because like obviously you know the artists are still undervalued across the board yeah they absolutely just, they just are um i think what they talked about in the movie what bim talked about in the movie was about an opportunity that's what tree fort excels at the money doesn't fucking matter it's yeah. like the fact that they take chances on all of these tiny little bands because like for example I, the festival i would compare it to is hopscotch in north carolina okay hopscotch is like i always thought of them as level festivals and sure. this year hopscotch is lineup is fucking insane it's like it's actually like probably the best lineup i've seen at a music for a music festival in the last like 10 years damn um but the thing is i think where it's different is that there's obviously way less because pavement's playing well pavement's playing but then look at all the other bands there's like dinosaur jr japanese breakfast these are i mean a lot of these are like Tree Ford, yeah, yeah. So, but I think Hopscotch used to be a festival that like Margo was, Price she was just on tree on, fort. on par with Tree Ford in terms of just mostly being smaller acts. And this year, it feels like they really went big. And I feel like the amount of smaller bands it, it shrank. There's not as many acts. Yeah. So, like to go back to that point, there's not as much opportunity, right? Um, but. I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at it. Kind of want to go. Um, either way, all that is to say, we've been working with uh, this guy from the music policy forum to kind of do these virtual screenings. So mm-hmm. basically he uh, hits up the other members of music policy forum and their network and all of this. And if they're interested, sends a link to watch the film. And then we've been doing these virtual Q and A's. We had our first one this past week. We have another one coming up. Um, and it's it's kind of cool. I was pretty nervous because I was like, oh, shit, like what's going to happen? And it was like actually really easy. Megan was there and Lauren from Prison Bitch was there. So, oh, OK. Like, Lauren was, like, was there. Yeah, it was super chill. Nice. Um, but it was good. And people ask some good questions or. Yeah. Yeah. People ask some good questions. I don't remember what they Didn't were. You have, like the director of the Peabody Awards or something there. Yeah. That guy was there. Um, that was pretty weird. That was pretty cool. But um, I don't know. For me, it's it was very interesting uh that people gave a fuck about it it was like there was someone from new zealand who like it's pretty cool in and like asked questions and was like i love the film like it impacted me i was like that's weird (laughs) but i mean that's good now now was was were they did they give feedback at all or was it strictly just questions about the movie and like just q and a what what was what was the some of the questions that they asked like was it a good vibe and oh it was a yeah it was a good vibe um I don't really remember, honestly. I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Okay. Because I was so, I was actually pretty nervous going yeah. into it. Um, but it was, uh, it was just your general stuff, kind of like someone asked, How long did you spend making the movie? And I was like, It's kind of a, I basically said we shot like five days a year for eight years and then I edited it for six months. Yeah. So yeah. The, That's about right. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if anyone, if you're listening and you want to watch the movie in full and you haven't seen it, just email scissorogang at gmail.com. Yeah. I'll send you a link. Why not? 
if you're listening in a different city, if you're not in New York City, or even if you are in New York City, uh, and you want to organize a private screening, email scissorrealgang at gmail.com. I'll send you the movie. You can organize it yourself. I don't, you know, because that's another thing that they talked about in the Q&A. What? About organizing screenings in like oh, different cities. Yeah. And they were like, you know, a lot of, they're like, it's different in the documentary world, I guess. Some people are very precious and protective of their material. And some people are very open with it. And sure. I was like, I'm in the latter. Yeah. Uh, like literally just fucking download the movie. And yeah, who cares? It. I really don't care. Just it, I, I told well, the whole point of making it is for people to watch it. Right. Yeah. They were like, what's your next steps with it? Like, what do you plan to do with distribution? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I've never done this before. Also, I like ripped all these videos off YouTube. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't think there's much I can do. Yeah. I That's why I was like, if you guys want the movie, just download it. I don't care. Like it, it you know yeah we, we i mean we legally cannot make any money from it like yeah it's and it, it's probably not worth licensing everything it's, it's definitely not it's a piece of art man it's just like just yeah watch exactly it enjoy it the whole point is like it's it, telling a story yeah it's about not making money yeah <laughs> like, the whole point is about not what making the money is about it's a, it's a diy film about diy lifestyle yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, the quick little news shits over here. Um, I put Snoop Dogg uh, talking about royalties. I don't know if you read the article that I linked. Um, I skimmed through it. I was looking for the video and I couldn't find no, no, it. No, The video so. is, is I downloaded it. So I'll, I got I got to get to the point in the video where he mentions it. But uh, more or less, it's basically I think he was just talking about how, you know, musicians suffer from streaming models and how like they don't get royalties and yeah. he kind of was like you know same goes for writers he's he basically was showing solidarity with the writers now which is, i thought was cool is there there's not like a musician's guild is there uh that's a really interesting there's question. probably like a studio musicians something you know like yeah. but but just you know no. bands that exist they, they're not part of a union there is like, there's, like there's some there is some sort of coalitions like that like there's like the future of music coalition and stuff like that but they're more about like enacting policy and like like coming at the streamers from yeah. like a kind of you know a, a policy pressure perspective where they're like hey like we're trying to put the pressure on if in representation of these artists it's not like the artists are actually the ones some of them are but sure, like, sure. yeah no i don't i don't know i don't think there's a union i don't know if a union would really work it doesn't for music. it doesn't make sense i think there's it's too many people too many scabs people just like are so desperate to create music. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any any like venues would ever have trouble filling in those acts. spots. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let me. I kind of scrolled to a little part. I don't know exactly where he starts talking about it, but I'm just gonna play it from here. Streaming. You got three hundred thousand hours, and somebody watched your movie. Where's the money? And I know I'm going off a script right now, but fuck it. This is business. <laughs> yeah. This is business. You know what I'm saying? This is a room full of business people, and somebody may hear this and be able to do something about it so that way the next artist don't have to struggle or cry or try to figure out how to get to his money. Because some of these artists are streaming millions and millions and millions and millions of fucking streams, and they don't got no millions of dollars in their pocket. So I just yeah. wanted to say that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the gist of it. Yeah. I, I know I skipped a, a part of the writer's thing, but no, we get fine. it. It's just interesting to see, like, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. Too, hey, know? it's well, and it's nice to hear from like someone who isn't a struggling artist. Like Snoop Dogg yeah. must be worth tens of millions of dollars. And yeah, it's it's 
part part of that is from his music, but I'm I'm sure most of it these days is from uh like his uh I guess sponsorships. Yeah. Like he was what in Corona commercials or something like that for a while. Mm-hmm. And like he he's everywhere all the time. Um but it's still nice to have like a a face of music still fighting for yeah you know the the smaller streamers yeah it's really interesting he, he said um basically that art the artists music artists and writers are both trying to figure it out at the same time like yeah. they're both in the same boat and it's it's really interesting he said i don't understand how the fuck you get paid off that shit. Somebody explained to me how you can get a billion streams and not get a million dollars. He's like, that's the main gripe. A lot of us have with the major numbers that the money doesn't add up. Yeah. Like the, they just don't add up to the money. Like where the fuck is the money? Yeah. Where, where is the money going to like, is, is there just no money in it and it, it loses money? Cause I doubt it. I don't think Spotify would exist if they kept losing money. It's just going into the pockets of these, these big wig executives who yeah. don't really offer that much. They're not making the art. Yeah, there uh someone at this I I guess this was a a panel um with a few music industry people but uh someone in this panel said uh right now the distribution company we're doing about 5 billion streams across all platforms in the entire world every single month. 5 billion. We actually had our best months ever at Spotify and Apple for April for the third consecutive month. 500 million of those streams are being done through YouTube shorts. So when I hear the earnings report last week for Alphabet and they're talking about how much they want to accelerate the growth of YouTube shorts, it's a bit concerning for me. Guess how much money we made for those 500 million streams on YouTube shorts? Oh, uh, $100,000. dollars $16,000. Wow. So it's like, what? That's I mean, ridiculous. And that's the thing. I don't, I don't, I've never thought that those types of things like TikTok and YouTube shorts are monetization vehicles. To me, those are like publicity vehicles. Monetizing the thing is always a different ballgame. But like, you know, because it's where where does that there is no there actually in my opinion, there is no money in YouTube shorts or TikTok and there never has been. It's about that's good for amplifying your brand. But then it's your it's the brand's job to like move people from there to a place where they can actually you know, I engage monetarily. I think there's money in it for just like in everything under capitalism. There's money in it for the, the top 1%, 2% of of uh, artists, I guess, if you want to yeah. call them that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just being your average person on TikTok or YouTube, you're like, you literally have to have hundreds of millions of streams to become a Mr. Beast type. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the thing is like, they're, it devalues the value of like one viewer, one stream or whatever, you know, they're, they're like the value is nil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing. You, you, you probably get like one tenth of a penny for each stream, or maybe even less than that. And it's like, what, 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 you know, what, why would people continue to make, make, continue to make content for this platform if they can't make money off of it? Yeah, true. Um, one last thing that Snoop Dogg said in this thing, in this little panel he was talking about an upcoming sports comedy film he's working on called The Underdogs. And uh, oh, he said, I saw I saw this. Yeah. They asked, well, like, what's going on with that? And he said, quote, we're slated to get it rocking and rolling after the strike, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's that's just kind of funny. So his his film is also uh, getting held up. Um, any other things on Snoop Dogg or, or about that in general? Uh, no, no, no. Um, HBO Max transitioned to Max. 
Yeah, that's uh, I I actually got the email from them. I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you can now use Max. And I was like, what? Have I not been using the Max app for months? And it's like, no, it's it's not HBO Max. It's Max. It's different now. Yeah, it's a completely different app. And I think a lot of people were thrown off by that. Right. Because you had to like it just like logged you out and then you had to log back in or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and like I I don't understand the motivation because HBO is the brand. That's that's what you want to promote. Like I I get that they've, uh, you know, merged with Warner Brothers Discovery and they want to like include that content. But ultimately, that's not why people are on HBO. That's in my opinion, people are there for like the the high end television programming. Yeah. They're not there for the reality TV bullshit. Like I, I don't want to have to spend extra money for, to watch like my ten housewives or whatever. Like <laughs> I, I I just my ten housewives. Was that a show? Or did you make that? I, up? No, I made that up. I or like sister that. wives or whatever. My like, ten housewives. It's, it's, it's like a Mormon like exactly, a Mormon show. Exactly. Like they just put out trash content yeah. constantly. And I, look, I know there's a huge market for that, but I don't think that those two brands align at all. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you say that, because if you go to this Variety article that's called Why Did HBO Max Become Max? Yeah. Behind the streamers relaunch strategy uh, at the very bottom, there actually is a little graphic from a PowerPoint or a deck, whatever that was, I guess, from Warner Brothers or someone. But it basically says exactly what you're saying. It's it it says they're unique and complementary and puts them like a Venn diagram with no crossover. None. And it says like HBO Max. Male skew, scripted, it's a lean-in type of uh, type of shows, appointment viewing, and home of fandoms, whereas Discovery Plus has a female skew, it's mostly unscripted, they're more like lean-back type of shows that are comfort viewing, not yeah. appointment viewing, and it's the home of genre-dums as opposed to fandoms. Yeah. First of all, marketing is such, uh, such bullshit. It's but, genre-dumb. Yeah. Ooh, got him. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess that's a great spin for them to call it unique and complimentary uh, because yeah. they literally don't overlap at all. And f- for me, it's like in this in the streaming age where people seek out specific content, I, I get wanting to make their service a little more well-rounded, but that's just not how people watch anymore. Yeah. Like people are going away from cable subscriptions and well-rounded, you know, options and they want hyper-focused what, you know, what fits them. Like right. they want that TikTok algorithm yeah. everywhere. They they want to be catered to. Yeah. And uh, it's it, I think that the way to do that this and you know whatever the way to do that is to make everything accessible at the same time which is kind of what they're doing here they're like let's put it all in one place and then you can watch whatever you want whenever you want without having to leave the app Uh, i think their biggest fuck up i think this is what you kind of led with is to get rid of the HBO, the fact that they got rid of the HBO, yeah. that's the worst part. Cause it's like, that was a really important H- brand. Like, HBO is synonymous with great television. Like they introduced this golden age of television writing that we had, you know, starting in the, the two thousands and going through to, I mean, so uh, you could argue that it's still happening. Maybe it's fading out a little bit, yeah. but uh, it's, it's a little baffling to me. And ultimately I, I don't care as long as I still get all this extra content for the same price, but don't make me pay more for, for stuff content I didn't ask, I didn't ask for. for. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that was really um, 
interesting that they tried to do. And I think this was like a little scummy, but I don't know if they meant it that way. I just assumed the worst with these big companies. Of course. But um, they took away the credits in the traditional way they were, mm-hmm. and they put creators, and then they put everyone involved in the show. And there was like a huge backlash. And I think that, I think that within a couple within a days, day, yeah. like that got solved, and they went back to the old credits. Yeah, but just but to do like, that amid a writer's strike? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's also it's so just tone like, deaf. It just like, the also, the term, it just sucks, because I think back in the day the term creator like created by like that's a that's a really big title yeah it is but now the word creator has like a totally different meaning and it it's, does. It's, it's it's like such a cheap term like it is if you're like a content your creator it's you're viewed as a content creator which means like half the time you're just like a minimum wage person running around with a phone like asking people how much money how much money do you make yeah uh what kind of apartment do you live in can i look at it like that stupid type of shit it's like not real content it's just it's yeah it's just a a catch-all term for (laughs) this is gonna sound shitty but like for people who aren't like don't have a specific talent yeah who just make things yeah and like some of it's good some of it's not yeah that there's they're creators they're one they're one person usually and that's the difference they're not yeah. a team who comes together to create a like a great piece of work exactly it's one person running around with their phone and like one of those shitty little lavalier mics that they're holding up to someone's like they're ambushing people on the street what are you listening to you know that, yeah that kind of stuff. it's just lame um uh in terms of this hbo max to max thing where they're blending and they're including all this extra content i feel like comcast is uh kind of doing the same thing we talk about it every week yeah how all of this shit is coming back together but comcast has just launched uh, a thing called now tv which is a 20 dollars a month streaming service with 40 plus entertainment channels yeah so like it's basically a very stripped down cable with like some of the most useless cable channels. It's I all, mean, it's all of the channels that like were the cheapest to advertise on back in the day. Yeah. Um. So there's no like ESPNs and stuff. But what's interesting is you still get Discovery, Discovery, and AMC. You know that's solid. Animal Planet's a classic. Uh. But you got they, BBC News, BBC America. You got some like decent stuff on here. But I guess my bigger point with this is like, what like. This is literally just fucking cable. Yeah, yeah. It's just cable without most of the channels, especially the good channels. And then there's like there's some complete just garbage filler channels like comedy.tv yeah. and get TV. FYI, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I mean, those are all those are always always going to be, you know, but those there. are the kind of things that you get on like Pluto TV. Right. Totally. And that's free. That's a good point. Uh, so I think that's honestly their, their main competitor in this kind of stuff. But I just think it's very it's very weird how like they all tried to k- kind of separate and create their own little streaming platforms. And now at the end of the day, it's like finally we're getting to the point where the shit's coming back together, even though the writing was on the wall for the last like 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, it's getting so convoluted, too, because yeah. there's. There's a sentence in this article. Comcast is getting serious about maintaining its video ad business, whether it's MVPD, VMVPD, <laughs> Fast, or AVOD. And it's like, what? What are we doing? I don't know, dude. They're uh, they're really out here. They're all they're like struggling to try to keep up with uh, people not watching their shit anymore. Basically, yeah. Ah, fuck them. Um, I liked your uh, your take from a few uh, shows ago where you were talking about uh, piracy is going to ramp back up. Mm. 
Because 100% of, of stuff. That's Salem right. high seas, matey. That's it. Um, other things. Netflix started their password crackdown. Oh. Were you uh, tisk, tisk, tisk. a part of that? Um, I don't know because so I use my, I guess, like, I would say it's my mom's account, but it's it's always been a family account since oh, we set it up. I've been using your mom's account. Oh. If you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean I mean uh, she. I texted her about the Netflix password. Yeah, so. yeah, no. But uh, it's <laughs> it, it's weird because like I I don't really watch Netflix that often. You know, like when I watch Stranger Things when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. Um, Wednesday just because my girlfriend was watching it I didn't really care like there's nothing on Netflix anymore that I have to go to Netflix for and even if there is at this point like if I can't share a password I'm as a family we're not going to pay the extra 10 or 15 bucks to get four different you know locations or whatever yeah uh I'm just going to pirate yeah like straight up Netflix is irrelevant it's yeah. Netflix is irrelevant. It doesn't mean like they're a dinosaur. Totally they, they haven't kept now. up. The only thing that I think people even watch on there anymore is love is blind. That's probably not that like, I don't think I don't even know. I think people watch that. I'm sure, I'm sure people watch and, it. I mean, like you said, the one with the stranger things or whatever, but like, um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the last time I turned on Netflix. I, I literally think it was probably, uh, over, over 18 months ago, if not like two years ago. I just like, I literally, I don't even have it on my fucking TV. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I pretty much just ignore it. Like it's never the first one I go to. I'm more likely to go to Hulu. I'm more likely to go to HBO or sorry, Max. Um, I'm, I'm more likely to just, uh, go to YouTube TV. That's one other thing is YouTube TV. I, I think it was YouTube TV. Or it couldn't know. Maybe it was my Google TV, uh, like my Google uh, Chromecast. Right. Uh, I opened it the other day and it was like tons of streaming channels for free at just right at the very top. And it's basically just Pluto TV or whatever. But it's, it, you know, there's so many cheap and, and free alternatives now yeah. that I, I just can't understand all these companies increasing their prices. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like if your goal is just a channel surf and just like, like what I mean, kind of what uh, they were calling lean back TV. Yeah. where you're just like casually surfing. Just use the free options, man. It's the same shit. Who gives exactly. A fuck? Um, I think uh, it was funny. Amazon Prime, uh, the their their uh, Twitter handle Prime Video UK. Mm-hmm. They kind of uh, roasted Netflix in regards to an old tweet that Netflix had from 2017 that says love is sharing a password. So it's kind of funny how uh. You either, what did they say? You either live long enough to become the thing you hated, whatever. Uh, fuck yeah, that yeah. That's what happened with Netflix. They're, they're, yeah. It's like, uh, we were talking before the show. I was like, man, this reminds me of when Google was like, don't be evil or whatever. Exactly. And now they're like, super evil. They're evil, yeah. Super, super evil. Well, it's not um, Google anymore. Right? A little, a little shout out to Prime Video, not to not to boost Amazon for any reason, but I was, uh, I was in Prime Video the other night, and you know the movie Air? Yeah. Uh, it just came out in theaters like two months ago. It's already on Prime streaming for free, which is kind of cool because yeah. I want to see that movie. Well, I think that I, isn't that kind of how shit has is, has gone now. Things no, just normally it's for rent. Normally, yeah. normally you can rent or buy it. Oh, okay, and then like well, did eventually they, make it? they get it. Who made it? Did they make it? I have, uh, ben Affleck made it. <laughs> Maybe they I took know. some money from them. And that was part of it. Um, I don't know. For me, you know, I don't fuck with any of these things. I just want free shit. Trash. Give me free shit. 
I don't even care if it's free. I just don't. I, I I'm not. A, I'm just not a fan of it. You know, I was ahead of it. Free and good. I was ahead of it. I got out of HBO Max before it became Max. Wow, you're yeah. you're just done with it. You canceled? Oh, I canceled like a year ago. I only I have it because uh, it's free with my phone plan. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um. You know, I've been hearing bubbling up rumors that actually, you know, HBO Max just transitioned to Max. They're talking about Q3 of this year renaming it already rebranding it from max is not working and they're gonna actually i think try to launch it like a vip version that has a lot more bandwidth so you can stream like 8k and they're gonna call it it's gonna give it more headroom they're gonna call sure. it max headroom oh god wow <laughs> that's 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 what's happening. that's amazing yeah i'm pretty stoked for that one that one i was gonna pay like 100 bucks a month for easy uh finally i guess the last thing to talk about and this is kind of a no-brainer here but um the article is from Variety. It's strike era upfronts mark broadcast TV's shift to unscripted meaning. Yeah, no surprise. Uh, everyone, uh, this is kind of the same thing that happened in 2007, uh, 2008 during that strike. Unscripted TV uh, got a big boost. Um, I, I think that this is kind of a non-story, really, because if you look at some of the, the graphs they have here, they're talking about, you know, they're talking about broadcast, right? So they're talking about ABC, CBS, NBC, and yeah. Fox. Yeah, of course, most of the shows that are unscripted like that, that's been the story forever. Like, yeah, they don't. I don't think that writers write to, to write on like network shows anymore, like broadcast. Shows. Well, I mean, they certainly used to that. I they mean, that did. that used to be the goal, right, was to get a pilot picked up by NBC on yeah. Thursday nights yep. and it would be part of that comedy block. I mean, that's that's a bygone era. Totally. You know, what's the last good comedy on TV on broadcast TV? Brooklyn Nine-Nine, maybe. Yeah. No, but that's yeah. I mean, so that's why I'm saying to me, like to call this a like to call this a I don't know, a, a, a new development. It's like, eh, not really. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, I don't know. It's it, it, it is it is significant, though, because like looking at in 2022, 38 percent was unscripted and 53 percent was comedy. No, 53 percent was drama. Oh, drama. Yeah. The comedies have been dead for years. Oh, oh OK. I see that. But either way, it was, you know, written drama. Yeah. Uh, but poor choice of, of colors on this, let me just say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now, in this year, 56% is unscripted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that... <laughs> what? Yeah, the dra dramas are definitely going away. Uh, that That's that's true. But uh, for me, I guess I always look at it from the comedy perspective. And I feel like comedies on networks have been dead forever. Yeah, they and, have. And unscripted is like what makes but the world go around for them. You know, is it cake? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? So you think you can dance the show with the I fucking Howie hate. Mandel in those boxes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, deal or no deal. the masked singer, like all of this shit. It's, it's they, all. Like, God, it's such garbage. I know people enjoy it, obviously, but it's so bad. I just don't understand it. I understand it. I actually I, it makes sense, man. It's like the people who watch that. That's like old people's version of YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. Because like for us, like the reason that. TikTok is fun and YouTube is fun is because it's not really overproduced content. It's like, oh, cool. This is like a real thing that's happening. And for old people, when they see like, so you think you can dance, they're like, wow, I get to watch like a celebrity who I parasitically know or whatever. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think they're my friend and they're dancing in my living room. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's fucking it, it's it, it is what it is. It's what, it's, it's so it's weird. what Ray it, Bradbury wrote about. bro. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's weird, too, because like I, I always thought comedy like. I felt like that's what 
brought people to those networks. And obviously that this is, you know, from 10 or 15 years ago and maybe yeah. I was wrong then, but that's the only thing that would get me on NBC. Like I'm, I'm never going to go and watch Chicago fire or like no. any of that bullshit. Yes. No, I'm not. But either. if there's a good like sitcom on TV, I would always enjoy it. Like I used to love yeah. sitcoms. For me, I loved that Fox block that was like, um, uh, 70s show king of the hill simpsons yeah king of queens i think was on there i might be conflating two different yeah channels. well there's animation domination yeah. on sunday nights that fox still does but uh it's different though it's, it's different, different now because now it used to, it just used to be the place to to it used to be you'd come home you turn on the tv yeah. now like, you don't do I that mean, which thir- is fine thursday nights nbc i used to it used to be what the office uh like parks and rec yeah uh, all those all those community shows. yeah like that thursday night they're always putting out something good that that was special now the thing for me is i'm with you on the dramas i've never watched a single minute of any of those i just don't find them to be very interesting i mean law and order i i used to enjoy but that's about it I, i've never seen any any of anything it's um, for you baby but uh, like American Idol back in the day. I loved American Idol. Well, I liked American I, Idol. I really yeah. like those. I kind of like the that, reality that was, shows. That I'm, was, I don't, I'm not mad at them. That was like a novel thing at the time. Like reality TV hadn't taken off like that yet. There was Survivor and there was American Idol, basically. Okay. And, if you could have, this is a crazy question, but if it was like only dramas or only unscripted, what would you rather it be? God, uh, for me, it's like a no brainer scripted. Yeah, it's unscripted because like that shit is it sucks because there's no writers employed on it. But like it's also way more fun to watch. Well, like, the, unscripted shit is just like more fun to watch, you know, like well, Shark, Shark Tank. Shark Tank's unscripted. It's true. Shark Tank's like one of the biggest shows like on TV. It's but but here's the thing is like if if the question was unscripted or like HBO level dramas, uh, then I would pick the HBO level dramas, like yeah, that's like fair. the, the that's truly fair. great ones. Yeah, yeah. but th- but that that's never really been on broadcast television. That's always been behind a paywall, a cable paywall. Maybe that's a thing for the future. Maybe like broadcast TV take a big swing and try to make like a, the next great. That'd you know, be incredible. Drama. I just can't see the, those fucking studios. Why don't they do it? Because they uh, probably because people don't pay for those networks the same way like they have to rely so much more on advertising and i don't know if the budgets are there and also i mean that yeah that's just never been their their mo their bread and butter yeah and and as long as they're making money doing what they're doing why would they change it yeah i mean i feel like with their streaming things some of these things tried to make good content was it yes i mean cbs and paramount right was it on was it paramount or was it peacock one of them had like a show about uh i'll see i I don't even know because I didn't watch it, but it was like a show about gambling or something like that or oh, poker or something like that. It was, it was it looked like it was really good. It was like, a, like I think it was a drama slash comedy. I don't know what I'm it was. I'm not, not familiar, unfortunately. Whatever. I don't keep up with this stuff. Um, all right. I think that's pretty good. Should we get to what we learned last week and then get the hell out of here? Yep. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. What we learned last week. So I learned that... Uh, the thing you wrote in the rundown makes me very interested. Yeah. So the, you know, P.T. Barnum, the, uh, yeah, the circus, the, the circus guy, uh-huh. he once had a, an exhibit that was advertised as a six foot tall man eating chicken. So a chicken who is six feet tall and eats men okay. or humans. Okay. But, I can already tell where this yeah, is. Yeah. But it was actually a six foot tall man who was eating a chicken wing. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. That's what a fucking the, that's like uh it's like a scam artist bullshit. Dude. Yeah, man. That's, that's not cool. Um mine is a lot less fun than that. Mine is about the first American player to play soccer in Europe. So um I learned this week about uh there was like one guy, but he was like born in America and moved to England seven months. Uh, yeah. And, I saw a couple Scots who became American citizens and went yeah. back to Europe. Yeah, yeah. So I, this is the first like what I considered the first American player to play soccer in Europe. He was born in New York in nineteen oh two. And then in nineteen twenty two he went to um maybe it was maybe it was like nineteen twenty or something. He went to the Netherlands and he actually played for Ajax, like who are still a very big club today. Yeah, so yeah. he's widely considered like the first American to play for a big club in Europe. Um, and he was good. He was like a fan favorite and people loved him. Um, and he was a, he was a Jewish guy. And then during World War Two, this was after his career. Mm -hmm. uh the Nazis came and like, even though the guy had American citizenship and everything, they still like rounded him up oh, shit. and sent him to Auschwitz. And then within like a few months he died. And wow. it was like, it's just crazy that like, it's such a tragic ending to like the first American soccer player in Europe, dude. Like Rip. it's yeah. I, I had no idea that I figured the first American soccer players went to Europe in like the nineties. I didn't know we had like a guy over there in the twenties. That's fucking sick. Um, so, yeah, his name was uh, Eddie Hamill, I think. Eddie Hamill. R.I.P. Eddie Hamill. If you want to read more about him, Google Eddie Hamill, E-D-D-Y-H-A-M-L. Or, or tune in to Calling All Casuals. Oh, Calling All Casuals. We got a little story about it. Um, I think I pretty much just told the entire story right there in a nutshell. If not, I definitely gave away the ending. <laughs> but yeah, Hamill. but if you want to hear uh, more stories about uh, similar uh yeah players yeah calling all casuals the the great the great show that everyone knows and loves um all right where can the people find us before we get the hell out of here oh uh, we are at scissor gang on twitter and instagram we are scissor gang at gmail.com send us an email we are scissor gang the website.com it's new and improved yes always and of course we have the scissor reel cold line <laughs> that is three three two three 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 forty three call in text in uh send us your inquiries your questions how are you dealing with the writer's strike i forgot to mention i went and oh, i went and picketed this yeah week. yeah so we'll talk about that next week all right but i uh i went and picketed you should come picket if you're in new york uh text the cold line we'll tell you where to go um if you're in la text the cold line we'll send you a link that tells you where to go <laughs> when a right strike comes along you must pick it that's right well that's pretty good we got to do a remix of that <laughs> um yeah so call the cold line let us know give us your thoughts give us your opinions one thing i'd like to know uh, are you sharing your netflix password and if you're not can we have it that's right uh, all right thanks for listening see you, see you. Productions Podcast.